NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watch the youth them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EBT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting, question and answer, James and Patrick ask them, question and answer, James and Patrick ask them, Padres EBT podcast, Padres EBT podcast, greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast, I'm your host James Clark and with me as usual is Patrick Brewer, what's going on Patrick? Uh, I'm in a pretty good mood today James, uh, some good stuff has happened this week, uh, you want to you want to tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm Padres are just coming off a, a surprising sweep of the defending world champion uh, Chicago Cubs, who uh, admittedly are in a bit of a tailspin, losing uh, six in a row and seven uh, seven on the road. But uh, the Padres have just looked good recently. I mean, they're uh, seven and three in their last ten. Uh, you know, I, is it time to reverse the tank talk, Patrick, or what? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's good to see some of these young guys developing further. I mean, Lamette has just been. More than obviously I anticipated. I know I, I got a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of flack for uh, saying some, being a little bit skeptical about him when he uh, came yeah. up. But um, yeah, he's he's been pitching well in his first two starts. Uh, Perdomo's progressing. I mean, Perdomo has like one stinker, and then he has a real good start, and then he has another stinker, and then a real good start. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. for uh, for more consistency with him. But but he looked really good today. Uh, Lamette looked good yesterday, and and yeah, the the bats are doing just enough. I mean, they're not scoring ten runs a game, but with that kind of pitching, you don't really need to score that many. So they're getting by. No, definitely. And then you see someone like Franchi Cordero step up today and, and get a big uh, triple. You know, it, it's nice to see that first wave of talent actually starting to perform uh, for the Padres. And it, it gets the fan base excited because these aren't necessarily the, the top of the line, top prospects that are going to hit here eventually, but they're already performing uh, at the major league level. And it's, it's nice to have youth kind of energize uh energize yourself during a long season because you know there's going to be times where the Padres play well like this and there's going to be times where they just play god awful I mean the Rockies are coming to town uh this weekend and it wouldn't surprise me for them to get swept quite honestly I mean it's just it's going to be that type of year with the Padres yeah it's going to be a little hit and miss uh but like you said it's nice to see these young guys come up and I don't I don't think any of us expected uh Lamette and Cordero to come up and play like this um so it's nice it's nice to see both those guys performing well and I think it's it bodes well for uh, the team going forward. So, definitely, yeah, we're we're all about the future. It's definitely all about the future. And uh, for episode thirty nine uh, here of our podcast, we're bringing in Hudson Belinsky of Baseball America to talk about some draft uh, info because uh, that two thousand seventeen draft is coming up a couple weeks. Padres sitting there pretty with the third selection, and uh, there's a lot of rumors swirling around on on who the Padres will select. So it'll be nice to talk to Hudson and, uh, and get his thoughts. Yeah, we talked to Hudson uh, right after last year's draft, actually. That was episode 23, way back mm-hmm. when. Uh, so we talked about the draft with him last time, and uh, this time it'll be a little more of a preview rather than a recap. But uh, Hudson's very knowledgeable. You know, he's got a lot of good stuff to say, so we'll see how he uh, thinks this draft's going to shake out. Definitely. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with uh, Hudson Belinsky.
Welcome back, folks. Thank you for joining us on episode 39 of the East Village Times podcast. Uh, we're happy and excited to be joined uh, today uh, with by uh, with uh, Hudson Belinsky of Baseball America. Uh, how's it going, Hudson? What are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's always an exciting time of the year when uh, get to talk about the draft, and now we're we're getting down to uh, crunch time here. We're less than two weeks away, so it's it's a very exciting time. Happy to be here. Definitely no. We're we're pleased to have you. I know it's a busy time of the year. Last year we talked to you uh, just about a couple weeks after the draft, so we got a lot of uh, information on on the the Padres uh, six out of the top eighty five picks they had uh, last season. But it's it'll be interesting to to see uh, your thoughts on uh, this season's um, selections or potential selections. Uh, first off, let's get a little bit. I'd love to get a little information on you. Um, you know your background, how you started in, in baseball writing, and you know. Describe to the, the, the listeners a little bit about your passion about the game. Um, yeah, so I've been I've been with Baseball America for two years now. Uh, this is my my third draft, but my, my second draft where I'm kind of overseeing our our process and uh, you know putting the players in order and, and kind of ranking and reporting on on every player in the nation. Um, you know, before that, I was uh, I was a student. Um, you know, I was. I was an associate scout, um, which is basically a like a uh, volunteer kind of position where you um, you kind of help an area scout at the local level. Um, so I had some experience evaluating players that way. Um, before that, I uh, wrote for Baseball Prospectus. Um, I blogged a little bit on the the internet. Uh, just kind of always been a big baseball fan. Uh, wasn't really exposed to it until um, a little bit later on in my life. Um, was not much of a player uh, myself, but just always loved being at the field and seeing the players and kind of the the nuance and the detail um, that goes into baseball. And um, you know, I I got to I went to start seeing prospects probably when I was uh, um, you know as soon as I got my driver's license, um, I would go to minor league games and I grew up a Yankee fan. Um, so I would go to, uh, to Trenton. Um, I grew up in New Jersey and would go to Trenton and go watch players there. Um, kind of see some guys who were pretty highly ranked and kind of learned, uh, you know, kind of what made them highly ranked in, in, in baseball America and other publications. And just over the years, it kind of gained a little bit of a, a feel for how the industry works. And, um, yeah, and I've been reporting on the, the draft for, the last few years exclude more exclusively. And, um, yeah, this, this year I probably feel really, uh, you know, it's, it's probably the most confusing draft, um, since I've been following prospects. Uh, there's just a lot of moving parts at the top and it's, it's a really, um, it's a really interesting class. I think there's, there's not a, uh, you know, a lock one, one candidate and there hasn't been, um, you know, since really probably Bryce Harper, um, no obvious number one. Um, so that kind of, whenever that happens, there's, there's sort of this trickle down effect of uncertainty. And I think we see that all over the first round. It's, it's really difficult to predict right now where exactly everybody's going to land. Um, mm-hmm. but things should hopefully clear up as we, we get a little bit closer. We're, we're starting to get to that, um, that point. We're kind of in the, the crescendo of the, uh, the draft season where, um, Hopefully, within a couple of weeks, we'll start to have a clear picture of how the the top of the draft is going to play out. 
Definitely. You know, that, that brings me to my first question with uh, regards to you is, uh, you know, the Padres sitting there with a the third pick. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, like you like you mentioned, uh, with who the Twins and the Reds are going to pick before them. Um, is there any gut feeling that you have on the top three selections uh, that you can give us? Um, yeah, there's, you know, the, this could change, obviously. Um, but, you know, the uh, today, if, if I had to wager a guess, I'd probably say that the Twins would take Kyle Wright first overall, the Vanderbilt right-hander. He's got mm-hmm. pretty electric stuff. Um, I, I would guess that the uh, Reds select Hunter Green. Um, he's a shortstop slash right-handed pitcher um, out of Southern California. Obviously, pretty uh, I think he's a pretty famous player at this point. And he's been yeah. well, well publicized. He's been on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, just a uh, dynamic athlete, but it, I, if if that was uh, today, I'd probably guess that those would be the first two picks, and then third, I would probably give the Padres uh, either Brendan McKay, the left-handed pitcher slash first baseman out of Louisville, or Mackenzie Gore, uh, left-handed pitcher, uh, high school guy out of North Carolina, who uh, today, this morning, as we're I guess we're recording this. Um, he was uh, he was named Gatorade's uh, National Player of the Year for baseball. Um, so, pretty. I mean, that that's that's the, how I would guess things would go today. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it went in a different direction. Um, but right now, I think that's that's probably uh, the best guess I have. Yeah, I think that that actually that. That is exactly what I have as, as far as uh, you know my novice knowledge. But uh, it sounds like the, the Twins uh, really like Wright a lot. Um, I don't see the Reds passing up on Hunter Green, and, and I think um, I think the Padres are, are, are leaning towards Mackenzie Gore. Um, he's really polished for his for his young age. Um, I'd love to get a little more information on you uh, about him. Um, I've heard that his secondary is is, is uh, well developed already. Um, anything you can tell us about the left-hander? Uh, yeah, Mackenzie Gore is a fascinating, fascinating athlete. He's he's really, really, really good. And um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that the uh, the public understanding um, is starting to catch up on on how good Mackenzie Gore is. Um, it's it's hard for me to tell sometimes, like from the inside out. Um, you know, we, we've known at Baseball America for a while that this guy's pretty special. Um, hoping the fan understanding catches up, but um, yeah, I mean, he's he's the the first thing you talk about with him is athleticism. He's he's a really good athlete. Um, he's got a funky delivery, um, and, and it's it starts with like this really high leg kick where his, his foot is is basically at face level, um, and he's got a really long, powerful stride off the rubber. Um, he's got really, really good extension over his front side. His, you know, his, his chest basically ends up over his knee um, when he releases the ball. So he's got he's got really good extension and uh, TrackMan data supports that um, or, or validates that, I should say. Um, so when you talk about those elements, before we even get into his stuff. Um, He's got really good deception, um, just with with all of that happening. And he's, um, you, you know, the the thing I, I hear about him sometimes uh, from the fan perspective or the the blog perspective is that that delivery has a lot going on and it's going to have to change. He's not going to be able to command that, and um, that I don't think 
is an accurate or, or a fair way to, to, to describe it. I think he's, when you look at Mackenzie Gore, you've got an athlete that's able to repeat all of those things. Um, so it's, it's not as much of a concern. Um, now, in terms of his stuff, he's got, he's got a low 90s fastball, typically. Um, it'll touch the mid-90s. Um, I saw him last week, uh, last Friday, and he was uh, in his last inning. Basically, one of his, his coaches went out to the mound, and there were two outs, and basically just, like, amped him up a little bit and said, go air it out. Um, and he comes there, and he's 93, 94, um, you know, about 80 or 90 pitches into the game. So he really paces himself well. Um, he's hit as high as 96 late in the game. Um, so that velocity's in there. He's, he's also really projectable physically. He's, he's now, now he's six foot two, about 175 pounds. Um, you know, he's got good shoulders. He looks like, uh, he can add some weight uh, and mature even more physically. Um, he can really spin the ball. His, he throws both a slider and a curveball. His curveball, um, with his mechanics, he, he'll sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes rush a little bit um, and struggle to get on top of his breaking ball, his, his curveball, I should say, or I should specify. the. Um, so sometimes you'll kind of see that curveball break upward out of his hand. Um, and, you know, when, he's, when it's right, he's on top of it, and it shows this kind of hard late bite. It's, it's an upper 70s uh, pitch for him. He's able to throw it for strikes. He's able to throw it for a chase pitch. Um, it's, it's plus spin. It's, you know, it's got everything you look for um, in, a, in a young player's curveball. Throws a slider. Slider is a little more horizontal action, kind of bites in on, um, on the back foot of right-handed hitters. Um, he does throw a changeup. Um, I, I personally haven't seen a lot of this changeup. I've seen him four times this spring, um, and he's thrown it, and it's been an effective pitch for him. He just doesn't have to throw it that often. Um, he's just, you know, talking to, to Mackenzie Gore, he kind of describes how, how he feels his body during a game. Um, he's just kind of got that, that sixth sense, that, you know, kind of God-given body control. Um, and, and so some days he's he's really feeling that breaking ball and – Honestly, it, looked, it sounds like those are the days when I've been in to see him. Um, but he does show some flashes with his changeup and plenty of potential to, to dream on that as a, another plus pitch for him. Um, so I, you know, I think that kind of sums it up. I, I do think he's, he's, he's a really competitive kid. Um, he's also a hitter for his high school team. You know, really, he's really fast. Um, you know, he, he hits a ton of line drives, actually. He's, he's got some power as a left-handed hitter. Um, you know, I think if, if you were to go to college, um, I think he'd be a really good two-way player in college. Um, I don't think he will, but um, I think he's that kind of athlete uh, where he could have an impact offensively, at, at least at the collegiate level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's really, really exciting. Man, as a as a Padre fan, you're making me really want Mackenzie Gore uh, on the Padres in the future. Um, I kind of wanted to get a little further into a, a bit of a comparison between Gore and Green. I mean, I've heard Green obviously has the more impact with the fastball, but but I've heard more and more that Gore seems more developed at this stage. I kind of wanted your thoughts on uh, that comparison and w- which guy you think has the higher uh, upside, which one has the higher floor between the two. 
Yeah, they're they're pretty different for um, you know we have top of the class arms in, in both of them, and you know the first difference is obviously the the righty lefty thing. Um, Green is right handed, Gore is left handed. Um, Green's a Green's a much bigger guy. He's he's about six three, six four. Um, he's he's kind of been um, you know he's, he's been famous for for a long time, um, relatively, uh, to Gore. Um, Green has, definitely has more hype, um, and in the media for sure. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that Hunter Green does that are just different from Mackenzie Gore. And so with, with Green, you're getting a bigger fastball right now. Um, Green's touched as high as 102, uh, for some teams, you know, other teams had it 101, um, basically sat 95 to 99 with his fastball this spring um, pitches off of his fastball, which is there's a couple ways you can look at that. Um, like fastball command is, is hard to develop when you don't throw your fastball that much. Um, and so guys who are able to pitch off of their fastballs um, at the amateur level, that, that really excites you. It's, an, it's, it's a good trait to have the fastball command to be able to compete with your fastball. Um, as a result, he, he hasn't thrown as many breaking balls. He doesn't have um, quite the quite the breaking ball that Mackenzie Gore has. Um, he's thrown both a slider and a curveball. Um, his slider's more, you know, his slider's more advanced. His slider projects. Most scouts have it as a future fifty-five that I've talked to. Some have it as a future sixty. And to explain what that means, that's scouting grades go from twenty to eighty, where fifty is is an average pitch. Um, 60 is a plus pitch, um, and this this applies to every tool that we could be talking about. But um, a 55 is an above average pitch, and a 60 is a, a plus pitch. So, you know, with with green, you're talking about a slider that's either above average or plus uh, in the future, and that that's sort of sort of the big debate on him. Is, is some scouts have gone in and seen that breaking ball not be there, um, and it's um, you know it's it's because he throws his fastball so often. So, you know, sometimes we scrutinize these kids so often and it's like, well, we, or if we're going to complain about their not pitching off their fastballs, but their breaking balls are really good or <laughs> their, their breaking ball isn't very good. And then it turns out that's just because they throw their fastball a ton. Um, so, you know, you're getting very different kind of guys here. Um, but green, um, he's just a really, really good athlete, um, kind of an explosive athlete, more physicality. Um, you know, I think that ultimately he's probably going to develop something different, whether he starts throwing a, maybe a two seamer or a cutter or, you know, focuses on a change up. I think uh, he's pretty polished as far as his fastball and his command goes, but I think he's going to end up being a pretty different pitcher a couple years from now. Um, the other element to it is he also plays shortstop and, uh, there's an idea that, you know, when he, he just fo- focuses exclusively on pitching, you know, he might just get even that much better. Um, so he's, he's really, really good. Um, there's, they're both really, really good. And it's, it's a hard choice to make, uh, for anybody who's picking that high. And I, I think with, um, in, in the Padres situation, they, they might not have to, to pick between those two because it's, it's I'm guessing, uh, you know, one of them will be gone uh, by the time they pick. But we'll see. There is a scenario where where they're both there. Um, So that's, 
I don't envy the person who has to make that decision. Yeah, that'll be cer- certainly interesting to watch play out if, if both those guys are there at three and kind of which way they decide to go with it. Um, I, I wanted to pull out a little bit and talk more about the draft in general. I wanted to discuss a little comparison uh, this year's draft to last year's draft, kind of how you see uh, top-end talent compared between the two and, and maybe depth as well. Uh, which of the two drafts do you think is more, uh, more talented and more, uh, I guess has more depth to it? Sure. Um, that's a good question. I, I honestly haven't thought about it a ton, um, so I'll kind of kind of improvise here with it. The the classes are just pretty different. There's there's typically most drafts have a a college hitter that stands out as you know a, a pretty unique college hitter who's mm-hmm. polished, um, who kind of fits tools wise towards the top of the draft. This year, I don't know if we really have that. We have a couple first basemen. Um, who are thought of pretty highly in the draft. Um, we have a lot of college pitching. Um, we have depth of college pitching in this class, whereas last year there was there was really no um, – there wasn't a lot of college pitching. The, it was kind of there, – there were guys who had questions um, who were going to go high in the draft still, but guys who were certainly not as polished as you would have liked um, or, or guys who were injured or – you know, so there's, there's a lot more depth in college pitching um, – this this year's draft class has a lot more high school toolsy athlete types um, than last year's class had. Last year you had a handful of those guys who who went okay in the draft, um, but maybe lacked a, lacked some polish. And after the first few, the that that group became pretty thin. Um, I think you're going to see a pretty good run on those toolsy high school outfielders. Um, towards the the back of the first round this year, early second round, uh, and that, that the same goes for the high school pitching. There's there's kind of been that slowly has developed into a deep group. Um, the high school right-handers and um, the depth of that group, it, you know, there's there's a lot of you're, you're going to see a lot of high school pitchers come off from 20 to to 60. Uh, I think in this year's class. Um, the other thing to note about uh, the difference between this year's class and last year's class, or really just the draft, is um, the change of bonus slots um, and how, to, how the money is all going to work in the, the first couple rounds. Um, the bonus slots have, from pick to pick have become closer together, so there's, there's less disparity uh, between the teams picking it at the top and the teams picking at the back of the first round. Um, so there will be more, more teams who have money to spend. Um, so I do think you're going to see a lot, a lot more million dollar high school signing bonuses than you saw last year. Uh, as a result, I think teams will spread around their money a little bit more. Um, I think you'll start to see, uh, a lot of surprising deals, um, in this draft, maybe in the teens and the twenties, you'll see. You'll see players who are not necessarily as highly ranked uh, in the publications um, who might come off earlier this year than, than they would have, um, which last year we only had a couple of those guys. Um, Hudson Potts was one of those guys, and uh, Dylan Carlson was probably another one of those, um, the Cardinals pick. Um, I think you could see you know five to ten of those guys um, on the first day of the draft, um, if not more. So... It's uh, 
there's there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of different parts to this draft that I don't think we had last year. Yeah, no, there's definitely uncertainty uncertainty when it comes to the draft for sure. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about someone who we haven't talked about potentially for the Padres' uh, number three selection, and that's uh, Royce Lewis, who's uh, quietly been rumored slightly. Uh, the Padres have kind of kicked the tires on him. Uh, he went to the same high school as Austin Hedges, a shortstop outfielder, a toolsy high school uh, player. Give me a little uh, info on him and uh, whether you think he is worthy of a top three selection. Yeah, um, Royce Lewis is, is a really exciting player. Um, in terms of position players, he's he's probably the most um, – you know, he's, he's in a group of three or four of, of the most exciting in the class. Um He's been well-known uh, in the Southern California baseball community for a long time. Um, you know, as an underclassman, one of the best players in the state. Um, and uh, with him, he's, he's playing shortstop right now. He's not a lot to stay at that position. Um, he's improved. Uh, he's, a, he's a really, really fast guy. He's a plus-plus runner. Um, he shows some power. He's got a really good frame, really good body, um, really good attitude and approach to the game. Um, with him, you're, uh, you, you're, you're risking a little bit just cause he's a high school guy versus a college bat. who's probably a little more proven. Um, he hasn't always, uh, you know, this, this spring, he hasn't always been great. He's been really good. Um, but he hasn't quite, um, you know, quite quite done exactly what he did last summer um so he's you know he's had some hot streaks and some cold streaks this spring um so you know with him if you take him ultimately you're hoping that he is going to be you know a plus hitter with with power and the ability to either play shortstop or center field and impact the game on the base paths um you know he's the the one thing he's always shown he's he's always shown pretty good understanding of the strike zone and a pretty good approach at the plate. Um, you know, so you're kind of just, you're hoping you get into, uh, you tap into a little bit more of the, of his power, um, as he matures as a hitter. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential here. Uh, he could be, he could be a really, really exciting player. Uh, could, could be one of the best players in the game if it all clicks. Um, so that, that's, that's another one. Um, yeah. you know, and like you said, same high school as Austin Hedges, um, not not far from San Diego. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of an easy one for Padres officials to get to. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot lot there to like. Definitely, and I think you you know mentioned he's probably one of the more intriguing uh, offensive weapons in the draft, and the Padres seem loaded on the on the lower minor league level in uh, as far as pitching is concerned. So you know, AJ Preller kind of you know, goes to the beat of his own drum. So who knows what he's thinking in, in terms of that first pick. I think Lewis is definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, I know it's impossible to kind of predict uh, who the team could pick at uh, 39 with their second uh, selection. Um, give us some names to kind of look for in that range who maybe fit the Padres profile or names that have uh, progressed um, from lower third round picks up into the higher second round pick. Yeah, um, to peg exactly at at thirty nine, who they're going to take is, is yeah. a little of a challenge. <laughs> but but you know, but what I'll say is, you know, there there are a lot of players who they've been connected to, and I can get into that a little bit. The, um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, they've um, I, you know, 
with with AJ Preller being there, they're they're naturally going to be connected to um, toolsy high school guys, um, guys with high ceilings. Um, so they've been linked to uh, Elliot Ramos, who's a high school outfielder out of Puerto Rico, um, who's really as tooled up as they come. He's he's like a really good runner. He's a center fielder. He's, he's got arm strength. He's got stupid power um, with a BB core bat. Uh, this spring, he did hit a ball over 500 feet. Um, wow! Yeah, it's <laughs> sort of like legend built on him in, in Puerto Rico. And he does have uh, he does have some swing and miss to him. He's he's not um, not the most polished hitter yet, but what he has is um, he's really loose, fluid wrists. And um, you know, I think sometimes when when you see a player like that in high school. Who's, who's able to make late adjustments just because of how loose they are. Um, you know, you'll see them against uh, when they're not facing elite arms, they're able to get away with things like that um, and expand the strike zone a little bit and still, you know, hit the ball a long way. Um, and so I think that you know, as he matures, you're, you're going to be looking for him to make, make those kinds of adjustments and understand what he can drive. And um, by all accounts, he's, he's a really, um, really hardworking kid. Um, comes from a good family. His, his brother was a brother's a minor league player. Uh, I believe he's in the Dodgers system now. Uh, a guy named Henry Ramos is another brother uh, of his. Was uh, I think he's a midfielder for the uh, Puerto Rican national soccer team. So it's a family of athletes. Um, so and he, he's always hit on the island. Um, you know he's always performed um, against pitching in Puerto Rico. Um, so high ceiling guy they've been linked to, um, Greg Jones is another one that they've been linked to. He's a shortstop in North Carolina. Um, really, really fast runner, plus plus runner, um, grew a lot in, in this past year, um, was kind of seen as this smaller player, a little bit older for the class. Um, but kind of before this spring was looked at as, as more of a guy who, probably was going to end up going to college. And then he came out, he was a lot bigger, a lot more physical. Uh, he was impacting the ball a lot more, um, has that impact speed shows flashes at shortstop, um, you know, might end up playing center field long-term, but, um, has impact speed to do that if that happens. Um, so he's an exciting one they've been linked to. Um, I heard today, um, they've been linked to, uh, uh, Nate Pearson down in Florida, who is a six foot six right hander, uh, junior college guy, touched 102 in a, in a bullpen this this past weekend. Um, yeah, you wrote he, something about that, didn't you? Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, he's he's been on the radar. Um, you know, he had a good good season in junior college. He's a sophomore. He's um, you know primarily in games this year. He pitched more 93, 94. Uh, touched 95, 96. When um, this bullpen, he just kind of aired it out, and it was basically sitting at 100 um, and touching some one on ones and you know one of wow. twos, um, you know hard slider in the upper 80s and a really good low 80s change, uh, sorry low 90s changeup. Um, just a really loose, athletic guy with a really good arm action. Um, he's, he's been rumored um, to some of those teams. Um, in the supplemental round, uh, early second round, something like that. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the, uh, 
the final we're looking at those those guys who have really high ceilings. Um, another one would be uh, Jordan Fowler, uh, left-handed pitcher out of um, out of Tennessee. He's a big, like six four, wiry guy, um, low nineties. Um, so I think it'll it'll ultimately depend on how things play out in front. Um, if if they're going to make a you know going to make a deal somewhere, um, or if they're going to end up taking one of these guys who's going to be really expensive at the top, um, you know, that kind of impact the rest of their strategy, I'm sure. Um, so it's hard to tell exactly who they'll end up with, but those are some of the players they've been rumored to be pretty big fans of. Well, that's definitely vital information and good stuff for us to hear. Uh, you know, I had heard some stuff on Pearson. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll fall to the 39th pick. I know he's kind of been, uh, kind of progressing through the draft boards with that 100 and, and 101 mile per hour bullpen session. That's something that's uh, pretty, uh, pretty spectacular. Um, yeah. You know, I, I want to thank you, Hudson. You know, I, we've taken enough, taken up enough of your time. I, I know it's a busy time of the year for you. You got the draft coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, this is great information for us. You know, keep up the excellent work. Baseball America is 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 fantastic. They are always on top of uh, anything and everything baseball related, and, and we really uh, we really want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, you can go to our site baseballamerica.com and click on the draft tab. We have a, a ton of content, and anybody that we talked to, uh, we just talked about, you can get full scouting reports on there. So I would would encourage you to check that out if you're really interested in the draft and learning more about these guys that's uh we go pretty deep uh, you know we don't necessarily go as deep as we we, we just did on mckenzie gore uh for, <laughs> for the 500th pick and the, the draft but yeah uh, we have reports on everybody so Definitely. um yeah for sure yeah no no I, you, I mean your baseball prospect uh handbook is, is something that both patrick and i like, carry around with us it's kind of like our bible so i mean we we really appreciate the you coming on and, and, you know, much love to the baseball America for sure, man. Thank you so much, Hudson. Have a great Thanks, night. Guys. And, and, uh, we'd be honored to have you on again, uh, sometime. Awesome guys. I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Thanks. So there you go, Padre fans. Great stuff uh, with Hudson Belinsky. I mean, he gave us some, some really inf- some vital information, Patrick. I mean, that's, we couldn't have asked for, for better, uh, knowledge, especially on, uh, like Mackenzie Gore and, and Hunter Green and, and, uh, those type of players. Yeah, we went really deep with the information there, and uh, heard some things I haven't even heard yet. So, definitely good, yeah. uh, good to hear, and, and always a good listen to talk to Hudson. For sure, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I loved uh, hearing some kind of the some of the uh, players of the Padres are kind of kicking the tires on for possibly with that thirty ninth pick. Uh, you know, I had I'd heard some stuff on Pearson before. It's a electric arm. Uh, it's exciting, you know, and anything can happen. AJ Preller is definitely a, a mover and a shaker. So. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, but it's an exciting time. Uh, the ball club's playing better. Major League, uh, you know, the Major League talent's getting there. It's arriving slowly but surely. You know, things are progressing in Padre land. You just, uh, we just got to stay positive, right, Patrick? Yep, got to be positive. Uh, this is the time of the year to be positive. Uh, we just swept the Cubs. Uh, draft is yeah. around the corner. Uh, I don't know what else could possibly go well for us right now. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time of the year. Uh, anything else before we head on out of here? Uh, no, make sure you guys give uh, Hudson Blinsky a follow on Twitter. He's at Hudson Blinsky. Uh, that's one L, not two. I, I made that mistake uh, before. <laughs> uh, give us a, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, James is at EVT underscore news and at EVT underscore J Clark. Uh, I'm Patrick Burr 93. We're hosted on Podbean for our podcast. Uh, you can find us on 
I probably should start calling it Apple Podcasts. I've been just saying iTunes, but I guess it's it's technically called Apple Podcasts. So give us a follow <laughs> and a review on there. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know what we can work on. Uh, always looking to improve and make a better show. Um, I think that's about it, James. Yeah, no, thank you so much for joining us on episode 39 of the East Village Times podcast. Uh, we will be back in the next couple of days with another show. We've got a couple uh, shows lined up, a solo show and a guest show as well. Uh, keep an eye out, out for that. Uh, thank you so much for the support. East Village Times podcast, signing off. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast.